When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Welcome, everyone, to week five of Stoppage Time. Your Auburn Tigers are sitting at 9-0, and a historic run that they're on right now. A wonderful season so far by Coach Hoppe and the girls there down on the plains it's been a fun and exciting time to watch this team we had a goal explosion over the weekend we had the battle of the unbeatens peter and i are here to just talk auburn soccer so peter what's going on war eagle drew uh you know what i had a great weekend i mean what was to complain about this weekend two auburn soccer wins Uh, we blew out two teams two clean sheets 10 goals uh volleyball did really good this weekend is there anything to complain about this weekend? Uh, no, because we, we're ignoring anything else that happened down in Auburn this weekend other than the good things that happened. So I don't think there's anything to complain about, and especially we got a, a big match coming up against LSU and Ole Miss. So I, I think there's going to be some other another good weekend there on the Plains. Yeah, I think those no-huddle guys were ranting and raving today, but there's going to be no ranting and raving today on stoppage time. We are happy. Uh, two wins to talk about today, Drew. Before we hop into those, what what news and notes do we need to know about what happened over the past week and weekend? Well, Auburn holds steady in the rankings after two more wins this week. We currently sit at number 15 in the top drawer soccer national poll and number nine in the United Soccer Poll. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Do you think we should have went up or anything? Uh, maybe we're kind of at that point in the in the season and with t- in the point in the rankings where teams got to start losing for us to go up because there's some very high quality teams up ahead of us we're we're pretty close to what our best historic ranking has been i think eight ranked eighth was our our highest ever you can correct me if i'm wrong on that but i i think we're in a good spot definitely we've got some games coming up against teams that are ranked ahead of us specifically texas a&m so we do have chances to move up going forward but i think we're just at a spot where we got to hold Pat until we either really wow with some wins or a team ahead of us loses. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, number eight is our highest ever. We did that in two seasons, I think 2015, 2016. So that's kind of our our goal to, to, to hit. I would like to be number seven this season, but, you know, we'd have to, again, like you said, see some people ahead of us lose. And, you know, if we beat Texas A&M, that probably would project us up that high. I did notice that Tennessee kind of fell, and they're right ahead of us in the uh, top door soccer poll at number 14. So uh, hopefully we'll, in the near future we'll jump them. But the streak continues as Taylor Troutman makes the top drawer soccer national team of the week. This week she's the third Auburn player to make the team and continues to, uh, the unbroken five-week streak. So we had uh, Brie Folds, Brie Folds, uh, Alyssa Melanson, Brie Folds, and now Taylor Troutman. Uh, Brie Folds and... Treva Acock were also honorable mention on the team this week. 
Drew, I got a question for you. Uh, I just want to know what the SEC is doing. The Southeastern Conference only has a certain number of teams to, 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 to choose from. Somehow, top drawer soccer has the entire nation. Every week they've picked an Auburn player. And Southeast, Southeastern Conference has only picked an Auburn player or two Auburn players in one week, one time. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that's just kind of bizarre to me that Auburn is doing so well. We're ranked ninth in the nation, and we're not really getting the recognition from the SEC Conference. Yeah, I, I don't know who does the voting on that. I imagine that's probably like a coach's vote, wouldn't you think? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know who does the voting on that, but I, I'd really chalk it up to, one, it's football season, so they, they're just picking, I think, which is a shame because – there's some players that deserve recognition. And also I just think they're the Southeastern conference and the Southeast of America is not really known for their soccer roots, their soccer knowledge. So yeah, I take those two things into account. I don't know who's voting. It may be the coaches and if it's the coaches. Then, I mean, maybe they're seeing something we're not seeing. Maybe they're, uh, especially watching film and things like that, preparing for sec play. They're seeing things out of these players that we're not seeing because I know, for myself personally and you as well, we're not watching every team all the time. We're doing our research on them, but we're specifically concerned about watching Auburn. So they may be doing something otherworldly, but I mean, you, you would like to see if we're getting honored nationally to at least be honored in our conference as well. I do want to pick out two players. I thought just had a great week. I'm just kind of surprised they didn't make it. That was Trevor Acock. She did get honorable mention for the top door soccer national team of the week, but also Alyssa Melanson, just both, both matches, she was just really, really good. They just both had really great weeks. I was really, I think I told you earlier this week, I really was going to be shocked if I didn't see them named in one of these two uh, recognitions this week. And we did see Trevor Acock as an honorable mention, but uh, they just had really good weeks, and I just wanted to kind of point them out. But we do have a game to talk about, Drew. Number nine, Auburn took on Mississippi State in Auburn on Friday night. I have dubbed this the, the Battle of the Unbeatens. We were both uh, came into this match unbeaten. Uh, in the 22nd minute, Bree Foles finds Trevor Acock's rebound and plants it in the net for the 1-0 Auburn lead. Acock got the assist on that goal. In the 31st minute, Trevor Acock has Bree Foles in the area, but takes it herself and fires it past the defender and the keeper to increase Auburn's lead to 2-0. Uh, Taylor Troutman and Jesse Giroux each have an assist on that goal. In the 87th minute, an attempt to put any points on the board, Mississippi State pushes their goalkeeper forward for the attack, leaving an empty net. Haley Whitaker passes the ball to a wide-open Trevor Acock, who just walks it in to the open goal for the 3-0 Auburn final. And Auburn did win that match 3-0. Mississippi State is no longer unbeaten. They took an L. Auburn, it was still unbeaten. Auburn had 14 shots, 7 on goal. Mississippi State had 20 shots, 6 on goal. Sarah Lebeau had 6 saves and the clean sheet. Drew, uh, you ever heard the phrase, two wrongs makes a right? Yeah, I have heard the phrase, yes, and I think I know where you're going with that. <laughs> well, I was wrong about Cincinnati. Uh, Sarah LeBeau did not get a clean sheet against Cincinnati, but she got a clean sheet against Mississippi State. So that's my two wrongs. I was wrong about Cincinnati. I was wrong about Mississippi State, but I'm back on track. Well, I mean, leave it to you to, to totally change the meaning of the saying and make it to something completely different from what everyone's known it as. Uh Glad that we, we were able to get a shutout against Mississippi State. I think that was a very strong showing. So even though we took one goal against Cincinnati, we still came out with that win. But getting a clean sheet to start off SEC play, I think, was pretty wonderful, don't you think? Yeah, it was great, especially against an unbeaten team. I do feel like Mississippi State was a little unrated, just kind of comparing the two schedules. 
Auburn had played a little bit more difficult schedule. We had beaten a ranked team in our schedule, Mississippi State Hatton. And I think we kind of exposed them a little bit. Uh, but they are, you can't deny they have a good offense and a good defense. You know, just looking at their goal to uh, goals for and against ratio. But uh, I do think it was a good win. I think we kind of exposed Mississippi State a little bit. Auburn was definitely the better team in this match. I do want to ask you, is talking about a clean sheet kind of like talking about a no-hitter? Should we not be talking about it? Uh, about the record, I, I think it's fine because I think before we even start recording, you and I both realized we don't know how she's actually getting credit for these because we thought this was 26 clean sheets based off what we counted up. It's actually 25 based on the Auburn current records that looks to have been updated. So I don't know uh, how this is getting counted so I think we're we're free to talk about it until someone actually lays out the rules on how clean sheets are being counted down there on the planes. So I say we keep shooting for it. Hopefully she shuts out everyone the rest of the year. I would really like to see that. Yeah, I'm going to keep counting for sure. I'm going to make sure I'm right. And I think I predicted two clean sheets this upcoming weekend. So hopefully talking about clean sheets isn't like talking about a no-hitter, and we do see those this weekend. Uh, one thing I kind of noticed about this match in particular is uh, the crowd. The Auburn family really showed out. There was over 1,500 people in attendance, which I don't know what the sellout is, but that was really close to a sellout if it wasn't. Uh, that was one thing I kind of harped on last week, that Mississippi State comes out. They always have loud, loud fans. They always have the cowbells. And we really need to come out and support this team, bring the noise, bring the crowd. And, man, Auburn did it that on Friday night, 1,500 people. You know, of course, a lot of people were probably in town for LSU, and that's okay. They came out. And they supported the girls, and they did a really, really good job of just turning out to support Auburn soccer. I was really proud on Friday night. Yeah, I, th I thought it was good. I Actually, you and I were messaging back and forth during the game. I was flying back. I was in Chicago in the airport at the time watching the game, and I had to watch it on mute. But one of the things I noticed, I kept panning over to the crowd, and that place was packed. And that was just a that was a good thing to see. One of the things I love about Auburn the most is whenever things are going well, even when things aren't going so well, like people are behind the teams, and it's just good. Even in some of these sports that maybe don't get as much love and press as other sports, just to see that place packed out on a Friday evening for a very big game. I mean, Auburn's on a historical run right now. That was a big clash to start SEC play with two undefeated teams. So it was wonderful that people came out and supported that. It, it was just fun to see, and I definitely hope that continues on, and I hope people latch on to this team, especially ones who maybe went out there who maybe they live around Auburn or something like that and can make more of those games and just noticed how fun it was and how great of an atmosphere it was. I hope that continues because these girls deserve it. They're, they're playing their hearts out, and they're really representing Auburn well. What you just say just kind of – moves me into my next question for you and it's something I kind of wanted to talk about for a while now and I've kind of waited and I think this is a good time just kind of going off what you just said and off the crowd we saw on Friday night but I want to start the conversation here but I want this conversation to kind of continue outside of this medium outside of this podcast and bring other people into it but I want you to I want to know what you think what do you think it was going to take to really start a soccer culture in Auburn and when I say that you think about Bruce Pearl he didn't start a basketball culture in Auburn. There already was a basketball culture. It's one of the big three. But he really revived it and really kind of brought it back from the dead uh, that, you know, Coach Barbie and all those guys just kind of killed it. And Bruce Pearl brought it back. People are really excited about basketball. It's huge. Uh, and I kind of want that for soccer, too. And 
I'm st I think we're seeing it start to grow a little bit. We got the American Outlaws, the Auburn chapter. They're really supporting Auburn soccer now. You got the Auburn Soccer Association. They're throwing their support behind Coach Hoppe and the girls. But you, Drew, as a fan, what do you think needs to happen for Auburn soccer to become just have that Auburn soccer culture where we're packing out the Auburn soccer complex every weekend for all the games that, you know, we have to expand, bring in more bleachers, more seating to accommodate uh, the fans. Because one of the thoughts I had last week is we were playing an unbeaten Mississippi state. And had we been playing an unbeaten football team, let's say LSU at that point, uh, we wouldn't have to ask people to come out. You wouldn't have to give out, you know, giveaways. People would just come out. And I want to see that for soccer. So what do you think it's going to take us to get there, Drew? I really don't know. I, I think definitely the showing against Mississippi State was really good. I, you hope to continue that just as this team makes this run. But I really don't know because games are free. I know if you and I both live down near Auburn, I think we'd probably be there every chance we could get. Uh, it's difficult, too, on those Sunday games because you're sitting out in the blazing heat for the most part of the year. And then once the calendar kind of turns, you know, just as well as I do, the area that we all live in around here, that it goes from very, very hot, we have a short fall, and then it becomes very, very cold very quickly. And so though some of those games may not be enjoyable to go out to, but, I mean, I, I really don't know what, what that dynamic would be. I, I think maybe, especially during the hotter months that start off this season, changing those Sunday games to maybe something – a little bit later in the evening or putting those on a different day in the evening, I think that would be a better option. But I, I don't think there's a good answer to this question. I think if we ever figured this out, universities all across the world that have non-revenue generating sports would love to know what our solution is to this because I think this is a struggle in volleyball and equestrian and whatever it is, you name it. I, I imagine getting people out there is a struggle in all these sports. So I, I'm, I'm going to dodge the question and say, I really don't have a great answer for it. Well, like I said, I just wanted to start the conversation here. I do want to continue it off of, off this podcast and, and engage fans and just kind of see what they say. But uh, you talked about the, uh, the time of the, of the matches. I think the ASU match was at six, six thirty on Sunday night. I think there's only about 300 people in attendance. So we went from that 1500 on Friday night, all these excited fans to playing ASU. And of course, ASU is, uh, we were going to beat them. I mean, that's just, there's really much, not much hope of them upsetting us. Uh, it wasn't going to be that much of an exciting game. Although people at those 300 people got to see seven goals. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I would just like to see the fans really excited about Auburn soccer. And right now is the best time. They're unbeaten. They're 9-0-0, zero, and, zero, and they're making history, and they're just trudging forward and making more and more every week. Uh, so, like I said, I, I will continue this off of off of this medium, off of the podcast, but I just want, wanted your thoughts. Uh, let's go back to the game. I want to talk about Treva Acock's first goal. On her first goal, she had Bree Foltz wide open the box. She was kind of uh, to the right. And she just pushed up, and she had Brie Folds. You know, she could have crossed it to Brie Folds. Brie Folds was wide open. And she pushed up. She had one defender and the goalkeeper ahead of her. And she kept push, pushing up, pushing up, and to the point where that defender and that goalkeeper, one of them had to decide they needed to, to, to defend Brie Folds because, again, she was wide open the center of goal. And, at, you know, it seemed like Trevor Acock to that last step, and they both bit on it and both broke to defend Brie Folds. And left that near post open for Trevor Acock, and she got that goal. I just thought that was really, I thought really to, for me, it was the best goal of the weekend. 
just for her to have that so much patience for her to uh, make them commit to brief folds and just give her that little bit of room she needed to make that goal. I just thought it was a great goal, Drew. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good. It showed a great high soccer IQ by Acock, and she's been a revelation this season. I thought she's done wonderfully and definitely dictated a lot of the offense. She has been a good person to lean on, and actually we've we've had just a, an array of people. I believe you called them Hydra earlier in the season, but we've had a ton of people who are able to share the load on the offense, and they're all very, very smart players, and so I think just this goal was just another one where she knew Brie Folks was going to get the attention just because her name's a little more recognized. They probably scouted her a little bit more. She's very dangerous from all over the field, but Trevor Acock's just as dangerous, and she she baited both the defender and the keeper as long as she could, so I thought it was a really good goal. Yeah, you really can't defend this team unless you just stuff the box with five or six players because uh, goals just come from all all directions at you. Uh, on her second goal, Mississippi State kind of had committed to playing the their keeper forward, and they actually had done it all throughout the match. The keeper came out of the box a lot of times to kind of help the attack, to kind of serve the ball from about the middle of the defense, you know, between the the midfield and the, and the defensive third. And uh, near the end of the match, in the last five minutes or so, they subbed out their keeper for more aggressive attacking keeper and pushed her all the way forward. And the whole game, I was waiting for them to, you know, I was like, keep doing it. Keep doing it because eventually Auburn's going to, you know, Auburn's offense is going to bite you when you do that. And they did it again. They pushed that goalkeeper forward. They were desperate for points. And uh, Haley Whitaker caught them, you know, caught the keeper out of goal, got the ball to Trevor Acock, and she just kind of walked it in. I was just kind of happy to see that because uh, they were kind of play, playing dangerously. They were playing a game of risk there, and it came back and bit them. And Auburn got that third goal. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was good. It's always nice to to just tack another one on the tally. So it was good that Auburn was able to exploit that definitely down the road. Um, let's go ahead and hop into Alabama State, and maybe we'll do the Cliff Notes version because we scored goal after goal in this game. So what happened in the Alabama State game? Second minute, Bree Foles scores, or she finds Trevor Aycock in the given goal, and Foles scores. Aycock had the assist in the 33rd minute. Giroux breaks Free pass the defender and search the ball near post. 2-0 Auburn. 43rd minute, Taylor Troutman speeds toward the goal and fires a shot off to the fingertips of the keeper, giving Auburn the 3-0 lead. Angeline Daly had the assist on that one. This was Taylor Troutman's first goal of the season. 44th minute, Cameron Rogers creates a turnover, turns the play around, and fires it home for the fourth goal. In the 60th minute, Brie Foles uh, near the end line, crosses the ball. She actually banks it off a... ASU defender and into goal. So that actually was given as an on goal to ASU, uh, but it was 5-0 Auburn. In the 66th minute, Angeline Daly passes, or deflects the pass to Danny Solaru and makes the score 6-0. In the 71st minute, Abby Meadows is taken down the box. We get the PK. Rocio Sanders takes the PK, converts, and you have the 7-0 Auburn win. Auburn had 48 shots, 22 on goal, Drew, and ASU had one shot, one on goal. Sarah LeBeau had one save, even though Morgan Ramby and Sophie Millich also saw time in goal. Uh, this was uh, Auburn's seven goals were the most since 2008, and we easily could have scored more, Drew, but they kind of just stopped about five minutes toward the end of the match and kind of played keep away, I think. Coach Hoppe punt, uh, pumped the brakes, didn't want to run up the score, even though we were up 7-0. You know, also, Auburn also finished unbeaten in the non-conference schedule for the second time in program history. Uh, I just kind of feel like now we've kind of made history. When we got that 7-0-0 record, uh, unbeaten record to start the season, we we made history then. 
I feel like the girls can really relax now and just kind of play together and just rack up wins. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, th- I think this was this has been a great showing for Auburn so far. I think this this was a good wrap up to the non conference. Definitely gives you confidence going into the rest of your SEC schedule to rail a team seven and zero. But I also think you're just seeing this team gel at a whole nother level right now. Yeah, I agree. And I say that they're just they're relaxed now. They've always looked relaxed. They did look a little bit tight in the beginning of the Mississippi State game. Uh, I think that's just because it was an unbeaten team and they didn't really know what to expect from Mississippi State. But after they loosened up, they really just dominated Mississippi State. They dominated ASU. So they are relaxed, but I just don't think they have any pressure on them now. I think they're just playing together. They know the team they have. They know their offense. They know their defense. And they just trust one another and they can just go out and play. Uh, the announcers did drop some bad news during the match, saying that Jalen Gadsden and Cord Loxley are likely done for the season with knee injuries. Uh, I don't know how official that is. I, it sounded pretty official. Uh, Gadsden is a starter, and, but I don't think we have a one-for-one one replacement for Gadsden, Drew. Uh, I think maybe Alyssa Melanson is that one-for-one one replacement, but she is not a replacement because she's also a starter. Uh, she's not going to be coming off the bench to kind of fill that role. So my question to you is, since we don't really have a one-for-one replacement for Gadsden, who do you see in that role going forward uh, as we continue our SEC schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot more of uh, Rocio Sanders getting some more playing time. She's been phenomenal this season, so I think she deserves it. Uh, Stella Keist, I think is how we say it. I didn't listen to the audio beforehand. So I think she'll she'll start to see some more time. She's someone we saw at the beginning of the season, haven't seen much um, so far in some games. So hopefully she'll get back into it. And then, I mean, you'll just have players covering wherever. I, I think uh, even Danny Solaru will probably hop in there and get some more playing time. You saw her in the Alabama State game as well. So I, I think those are three players we may see step up into playing time a little bit more and that maybe see some of the starters log a few more minutes. But I don't think it's going to be too awful, terrible to cover for. You hate to see her gone because she was such a weapon, but I think this Auburn team has a wealth of weapons right now. I wondered if you were going to name one person, and you did. You were really big on Danny Solaroot last last season. She came in in the Alabama State match, and she looked really good. Uh, she had really good presence on the ball, uh, really good ball handling. She got a goal for us. Uh, and she really threatened the goal several other times. So I really like to see Danny Solaru come in there. I think maybe Coach Hopper will play her a little bit more. I'm not really sure. Well, we haven't seen her before now too much. But maybe uh, with Gadsden and Loxley down, maybe we'll see a little bit more Danny Solaru this season. Yeah. So let's go ahead and hop into preview real quick just as we wind up stoppage time. We have two games coming this week. And I actually want to give a shout-out. I think someone's doing a wonderful job at this. But you can follow – Plainsman parking lot on Twitter at AU PPL on Twitter. He, he puts up this graphic every week. He just started doing this last week, I think of kind of these, I guess, non-revenue generating sports, what I called them earlier and football. It just, what, what Auburn events are coming up this week and just tells you time and where you can find it to watch it. And I, I would just encourage you to go follow him, especially during baseball season. He's fun to fun to follow. But we have LSU this week, 7 p.m. We'll be down in Baton Rouge facing them. You can find on SEC Network Plus on Thursday. And then we also have a game against Ole Miss on Sunday at 2 p.m., also on SEC Network Plus. And let's just kind of look at these teams real quick uh, just as we're winding down. LSU is 6-3 and three on the year. Started off the, the year with a loss against Villanova in overtime and then went on a nice little six-win streak there. But 
over this past week, they, they dropped two games. They lost to number four, Texas A&M, down on College Station, 0-3, to three, and then also lost to a common opponent that we have with them, Cincinnati, 1-2, to two, up in Cincinnati. So both these games are on the road. They lost Villanova at home. Peter, what do you think about this game? They they score a decent amount of goals, and in their six wins, they're all shut out. So they do have a pretty stingy defense, but taking two losses on the week, uh, how do you feel like they're going to do coming in? You know, about two or three weeks ago, we were talking about the clean sheets, and I think I named this one as a clean sheet for Auburn. But the more, as closer we get, the more I think about it, the more a little, you know, nervous I am about this match, mainly because it's on the road, and not that I'm not trusting our girls on the road, but uh, it's just going to be in that LSU environment. So the more I think about it, the more nervous I'm about. I don't know, I don't know. I'm kind of back. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to need to walk back my clean sheet on this one or not, but uh, I guess I'll go for it. I'll keep the clean sheet, and I think we beat LSU. I, I know we beat LSU, but I'm just kind of worried about the clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, we, we always struggle a little bit down in Baton Rouge playing the LSU women's team there. So I hope this is going to be like we saw with Florida, just having their number a couple years ago after getting quite a few losses against them. So I hope this is a turn of the tide. But I think this will be a win. I think Auburn has a lot of confidence right now. LSU is lacking confidence. Um, so hopefully this goes better than this past Saturday's LSU game. And moving on to Sunday, that game there in Auburn at 2 p.m. You can catch it there at the Auburn Soccer Complex or on the SEC Network Plus. Ole Miss comes in this game 7-3. They're also on a one-game losing streak. They lost to, actually, our hometown, Memphis. Uh, they, they lost to Memphis this past week. They're in Oxford. They're coming off a win against Bama last Thursday, so we'll support them in that. Anytime Bama takes a loss, it's a win for Auburn. But they're coming in 7-3 and three with also losses to Minnesota and UConn to pair with that Memphis loss. They haven't played that strong of a schedule. They have CeCe Kaiser, who, who tends to be a danger person in there up front. What do you think going into this Ole Miss game coming back home to Auburn? I forgot about CC Kaiser. She is really good. Uh, she's probably one of the better SEC players uh, this season. Ten goals uh, and nine assists this year, Peter. Let's take that into account. Well, hey, Auburn is number one in assists in the SEC and the nation with 27. So, hey, we, at least we got that, right? And we didn't throw this out earlier. We have outscored teams 32-3 to three this season. So we got that in our back pocket as well, Drew. Uh, I think out of the two, LSU and Ole Miss, I'm a little bit more worried about LSU because one that's on the road uh, Ole Miss is at home but uh, Ole Miss is one of those teams and I think LSU is too where they're SEC they have some talent you have to watch out for them uh, but I think that both teams LSU and Ole Miss are beatable and I think and I'm a little bit less scared of Ole Miss than L M LSU yeah I, I would agree with that Ole Miss has played much weaker schedule and uh, they've played some games that they were a little bit closer than those LSU games. So I think LSU worries me a little bit more, like you said. I think, old, I think both are very beatable, and I think these should be two wins that we have. Ultimately, I think we're 2-0. and Don't know about your clean sheet tally so far, Peter, but I think two wins will take 11-0 and with no clean sheets over taking a loss this weekend with one clean sheet, don't you think? Double-digit wins, I'll take it. Yeah, so that's all we got for you on stoppage time. We are a little bit long-winded today, but that's just because this team's doing so wonderfully, and we're just trying to get you everything we can. So, Peter, where can they find you on on the social media? You can find me on Twitter at Seminary Sugar Daddy, S-E-M-I-N-A-R-Y-S-G-R-D-A-D-Y, or on the E2C Network Discussions Group. I'm the moderator there. 
can find me there talk about Auburn football or soccer or anything you want to talk about and look for me to continue the discussion we talked about earlier about making Auburn a soccer culture because I do want to talk about that do want to continue to continue that conversation so if you'd like to join that conversation hit me up and you can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore hoop zero two and I will also be poking around the E2C groups there on Facebook. I'm not as fancy as Peter. I'm not a moderator. I'm just a human, but I still like to talk sports and talk Auburn. So catch us both there. Until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?